the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good afternoon and welcome to another hour of Woods and Water, South Carolina. My name is Roger Metz and I'm here with my daughter, Taylor Metz. And we're just going to jump right into it, folks, because on the line with us is, um, got a, got a little, two little press releases this week that, Got some actual things happening, Taylor. Yeah, we in the do. calendar. And Woo, so instead of finally. wasting the first 10 minutes, we're going to actually be productive. <laughs> we, we got a hold of Sarah Shabane with the Department of Natural Resources. Sarah's good enough to come back on. Sarah, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Uh, we talked earlier. Everybody is still trying to figure out where they are and, and what's going to go on. And I think, Taylor, you had a question before we got any further. Yeah, so with things opening back up, we don't know what's on and what's not. So... Are there going to be any fishing rodeos this year? We are really hoping to be able to offer at least one fishing rodeo this year in the fall. We've got three locations that we're looking at as potential. Our one and only this year, if we can get it done, we're really optimistic and hopeful to be able to offer that. Because those are so much much fun for not only the kids but the adults to go with them. Oh, yeah, I love it, too. I, I love being able to see all the kids catch the fish and um, see how heavy the coolers are when they're walking out. <laughs> Families arguing about who gets to carry which end. I love it. I love it because you walk out there. And you know the the kids are all getting set up and they're ready, they're ready to go and you know the first few lines hit the water and all of a sudden you hear the I got one I got one and it just starts echoing around the pond uh, the one up at the Piedmont Forestry you know on the creek with the trout they're all up and down the creek going up. I love that sound the excitement of kids fishing is contagious. It's electric. <laughs> and I love it. And something else before we get into it something I saw on the Aquatic Ed folks if you want to know more information about. Any of the fishing stuff that DNR does for education, for fishing rodeos, the uh, uh, family fishing clinics, it's all at dnr.sc.gov backslash aquatic ed. And uh, Sarah, there's a there's something out here. My first fish certificate. I know. It's this cute little certificate that you can download and put your own photo in. And if you've got anybody in your life that just caught their first fish and you have a picture of it, you can give them the certificate and it's got a line for you to put their name, who they were fishing with, and you can print it and frame it. We also actually have it in Spanish, too. So yes. if, you, if you've got anyone bilingual in your friend group, then you can use both of those versions. And they're just a really cute way to recognize someone's first fish. And it's one of those things that 20 years down the road, they're going to pull that out and, and remember that moment like it was yesterday. Oh, yeah. Taylor, do you have a picture of your first fish? Do I? I'm I have sure a pic- I have. I have a picture of your first trout and your first redfish. Okay. Well, yeah. 
I don't know. Why not? And I don't know if I've got a picture of her with her first bass or brim because it probably at that time I was trying to keep her from playing with the worms. Yeah, probably. Yeah, right. Probably. <laughs> the cork's going under. I'm like, Taylor, your cork's going under. Huh? 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 I'm in a Taylor. worm race, guys. Okay. And I keep, and of course, I'm behind her in the, in the canoe, and I keep looking at her, and she's playing in her lap, and I kind of lean up and around, and she's got the worms dumped out of the little... The little container into her lap, and she's trying to she's trying to hurt them, trying to keep them boxed in, you know. Oh yeah, I've had many worm races in my day. Hey, can you blame me though? Or no. She said fish, and I would play with the fiddler crabs. Like it's just, that's, that's right. Just me. It's Jeez. Taylor. She's Jeez. Just... <laughs> easily entertained. Yes, yes. Thank goodness. Uh, but anyway, the the reason we have you on, or the main reason we have you on, is you got a couple of virtual clinics coming up. And you yes, said these these do. always go really fast, so we wanted to get you in. Taylor, you got the freshwater one? I do, and you have the saltwater one. And I got a saltwater, so go ahead. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the freshwater one first. Right. So our freshwater fishing clinic um, is in about a week on July 29th, and it's filling up super fast. Last I looked, we had one or two slots left. Wow. They're wildly popular. We're going to be offering these for now once a month. Okay. We're kind of rotating timing. So we do a weekday morning, we do a weekday evening, and then we've got a weekend scheduled for August. We don't have that date released just yet, but we're still working on it. And then depending kind of on how popular these are going into the school year, we'll look at offering them hopefully twice a month. We're getting some volunteers trained on being able to use that um, virtual learning platform And so that way we can kind of work on having more people who are able to offer these fishing clinics. But they're almost exactly the same as our in-person Learn to Fish. We cover not tying, how to put your gear together, how to cast. So we even go outside, show you how to cast in my backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) We've got rigging fish handling and how to use live bait and then we work with each group member to try to find somewhere close to their home that they can go fishing um, for the first time and we can actually provide you with the equipment we've got um, pick up and drop off locations throughout the state that if you want to borrow equipment and we sanitize everything and we've got it ready for you to borrow and if you send us pictures of you fishing after the fishing clinic we'll even send you a goodie bag that is a goodie bag Right. You gotta love goodie bags. Ask her what all do you need? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> well, you're pointing. Yeah. At home. I can't tell what you, what you're talking about. Right there, I'm pointing right there. <laughs> so y'all did say you can provide the equipment you need. What's needed mm-hmm. for this? So the basic materials to learn how to go fishing in fresh water is a hook. And we like for you to have um, a size four to eight hook. Um, preferably six, that's my favorite, six or eight, um, the little J-hook. And yeah. then if you've got some practice knot tying materials. So on, we saw someone use um, a dog leash and a piece of rope to practice knot tying. You can use anything for knot sure. tying and get really creative. Yeah. Um, we like closed face spinning rods and reels, Okay. Um, no more than six feet. So a basic um, Zedco or Synergy from Shakespeare are kind of the perfect beginner entry rods and reels. Mm -hmm. You can find those just about anywhere, too, and they're really affordable. Yep. Um, 
you'll need a bobber of some sort, so a cork or float. Uh, we use the traditional red and white ones, and <laughs> <laughs> gotta love them. Gotta love them. <laughs> some things are timeless. Uh, a weight of some sort, so split shot, um, bullet weight, something along those lines. And then, of course, you'll need some live bait. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And for if you need those that equipment from DNR, you have pickup and drop-off dates. Correct. Correct. We do, and we'll work with you to identify date and time and location that works yeah. for you to be able to borrow that equipment. And you'll do all that, I assume, after they register? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Got about just about a minute. Would you say that the saltwater clinic is maybe a step up over the freshwater clinic? Well, I don't like competition, Roger. Oh, now wait just a minute. <laughs> but, you know, because I'm a freshwater lady. I know you are. I know um, you are. But I do love salt water as well. So it just needs a little bit more materials okay. and because they use um, an open-faced rod and reel. Right. So it really just depends on your background and experience, but I think you can learn either method just as quickly and easily. But what's cool about the salt water is you get to learn how to rig up a leader and so i think in that sense it is a little bit more advanced okay but still very doable for anybody oh yeah very very beginner friendly and and have you i'm sure department of natural resource i haven't seen any statistics yet but i'm sure you've seen a huge increase in fishing license sales we have yeah starting in march um, our fishing license sales just went through the roof. And so we're so glad to hear that so many people are getting out there and fishing and spending time with their families on the water. It's a great way to be safe and to, to really get back to what we love to do. Yeah, absolutely. Got about 30 seconds. You want to tell us where to go to find all this information again? Yes. Our Facebook page right now is the best resource, South okay. Carolina Department of Natural Resources Facebook page, where all of these events are, including additional educational webinars beyond fishing. Okay, cool. You know what I miss most about this year and everything that's been canceled is our fam- our family picture at ICAST. Oh, I know. <laughs> it breaks my heart. <laughs> We'll have to do it up right next year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sarah, thank you very much for doing this. Folks, you know where to go to find more information. And if you can't get it there, call us here. Sarah, thanks much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right. Y'all hang on. We'll be back with more Woods and Water South Carolina on the other side of the break. Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. Always fun to talk to Sarah. She's so bubbly. She is. I love it. <laughs> she's so bubbly. And she's so much fun to be around. She was bubbly every morning on iCast. Every morning. Made the wake up a lot easier. <laughs> and seriously, it's, that is one of the highlights of iCast. I mean, for all the time we're down there, all the things you're doing, all the people you're seeing is uh, is that family. And if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, you probably don't because you haven't been at iCast. But... There are South Carolina is absolutely loaded with outdoors. With, with outdoor manufacturers. Yeah. Um you know, pure fishing, loose strike king, um Shimano, uh, you got boat manufacturers, you've got tackle manufacturers like Buckeye Lures, uh Z Man, 
rod manufacturers, ALX level. I mean, it just it, it goes on. It goes on, <laughs> and then you got clothing like Habo and and some of the others. And so every year at ICAST, there's a family picture. There's a family picture, <laughs> and it's grown over the years. I think uh, DNR has been going for about three years now. I think mm-hmm. this would have been their fourth, I, I believe. And um, we've taken that picture in several different locations, including the stairwell, outside entrance stairwell to ICAST. But in last year was in the booth, and I there was probably what that was my first family picture. Seventy five people there. Yeah, it was a big group. Big group. So it's just the reference. It's the people from DNR, and it and it and it's just people that are associated with the outdoor industry in South Carolina. I felt so honored. And they asked us to come. Can you believe that? Can you can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> but it is a fun time, and that's uh, casualty this year. I cast big time. Big time. So. Uh, this is, uh, we'll call this our calendar, calendar of events and news segment. Yeah, we, we got lots of it, too. And it's brought to you by Visit Anderson and... Green Pond Landing and Event Center. You can say that a little louder. Green Pond, <laughs> Green Pond Landing and Event Center. whisper that thing. Green Pond Landing and Event well, Center. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> You're so critical. I'm not critical. Yes, you are. It's, you got to get it out there so people know. So I'm just going to, you know, yell at everybody while they're driving down the road. That's right. They got the windows down. Everybody's going to hear. That's right. <laughs> no, you do that here. Okay. So anyway, we're, we've got, there's a, a good bit of stuff and things. Stuff. So go ahead. You start with yours and then I'll go with mine. <laughs> stuff and things. Well, the first thing we have for the calendar of events is South Carolina Ducks Limited is presenting their first ever virtual event. That's right. Um, hosted by Haybo Outdoors. And this will be a raff, raffle package and ticket deal. So we'll get into that in a second. But, I mean, they've got so many sponsors. It's Thursday, July 30th, 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Um, they have, I mean, tiers of stuff. I mean, shotguns. Was that a chainsaw? <laughs> yeah. cooler? I mean, decoys. Binoculars. Binoculars, knives. I mean, it's, I mean, oh my word. And then. Lots of stuff. If you want that stuff, you got a $20 ticket package, which is one entry into the Great Gun giveaway drawing. You've got a 200, you've got, you've got $20, $100, 250, 500, and a thousand. I might just pick out a couple. So the 250 includes a one entry into the Great Gun giveaway, four blue tier tickets, 10 yellow tier tickets and 15 white tier tickets. And then the $1,000 package is one entry into the Great Gun giveaway, um, 25 blue tier tickets, 75 yellow tier tickets, and 100 white tier tickets. And they do have tiers for all the prizes you can win. Um, yeah, like blue tier is a bunch of guns. Yep. And then yellow tier is a... Has some guns, a Honda motor. Yep. It's got a Yeti, Yeti cooler. Two Yeti coolers. Yep. Um, and then the white tier is a lot of decoys and some chairs and some binoculars. So... Go check that out. That ought to be really, really good. Hand in hand with Ducks Unlimited would be the migratory bird seasons, which were released this past week. Uh, The 2021 South Carolina migratory bird seasons were released. Uh, We'll get to that in a second. Let's see. Um, There are some some notes to this. There are black duck model duck limits, uh, depending on where you're hunting on I-95, Canada goose hunting areas for the early season is statewide uh during the remaining three seasons there are some uh, some restrictions state youth day november the 14th 
for duck hunters. So only youth who are 17 years in age or younger may hunt, but they must be accompanied by an adult or at least 21 years of age who is fully licensed. Uh, youths who are 16 and 17 years of age who hunt on this day must possess a valid South Carolina hunting license and migratory bird permit and a valid federal waterfowl stamp. Federal Youth Days, February 6th and February 13th of 2021. This is ducks, geese, meganders, coots, more hens, and gallinules. Uh, pretty much the same thing. 17 or age or younger may hunt on these days, but must be coming to a person of 18 years or older. Da 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 da. Uh, Veterans Active Duty Military Days, February 6th and 13th. Uh, there's some sea duck information on here and some falconry information uh if you want more you can go to the department of natural resources webpage and figure out all the details and leading it off is probably my favorite day of the year has been my favorite day of the whole year since i was probably five years old and what's that opening day of dove season i don't know why i mean it's just i guess maybe we never had fishing season fishing was always open it just depends on how cold or hot you want to get while you're doing it. But we don't, I mean, up north and some other places, you know, trout season starts. And, you know, but in South Carolina, growing up, I mean, fishing season was, hey, if you could dig worms or had a MEP spinner or something like that, you could go fishing anytime you wanted to. But the first season, the first opening day that generated so much enthusiasm for me as a kid was opening day dove season. Got some good stories from your dove hunts. I have done it a long time, <laughs> and it has just been one of the things. One of those days I look forward to. It's like it's like Christmas. It's it rivals Christmas. The thing with that is, is it's carried on to me, and every open day right. for every That's season right. for me is Christmas. That's right. So uh, September fifth to the seventh, be twelve noon until sunset. Uh, the remainder of the first split, September eighth to October eleventh, is half an hour before sunrise until sunset. And then you got November 14th through the 28th, second split, third split, December 25th through December, January 31st. I think in the, I can't remember exactly. There is a season in there in October, maybe the 1st of October, where you can top sow some wheat. Uh, I have to check into that a little more. The daily bag limit's 15, possession limit's 45. Mm, if you're hunting on a, if you're going to one of the public dove fields, you are limited to 50 shells. I don't have that. I'm calling this from memory. Uh, and you have to quit. You're not allowed on the field until noon, and you have to quit shooting at 6. And, and a lot of people say, why quit shooting at 6? Why can't we go? Well, if you quit shooting at 6, that means there are some birds that come in on those late at late evening flights. They can get into that field. They can feed without being shot at, and they hang around longer. It just It's a mechanism to allow you to have more hunts because those birds can get in there and they're not run off. And then it goes through March hen, September 15th, September 20th, uh, October 1st to December the 3rd. Uh, early teal season, September 11th through the 26th, sunrise to sunset. Woodcock, December 18th, January 31st, and then it gets into your, uh, your early Canadian geese season, September 1 through 30th, uh, 15, and then ducks, November 21st to 28th, always the first, the week of Thanksgiving, the December 12th through January 31st, goes through some limits. Um, McGansers, Coots, regular Canadian goose season, blue and snow goose, and Brant. And you can find out if you're a waterfowl hunter, all the other stuff at the DNR website. <laughs> Next. Next. 
Is this a stuff or a thing? Um, this is a thing. Okay, this is a this thing. Is a, this is a very cool thing. South Carolina Department of Natural Resources will be resuming in-person boating and hunting education classes on August 1st, which is big because I need... You I need, need to, both. I need both. <laughs> you need both. Well, life really hits you when you turn 16. <laughs> yes. Um, all classes will be designed to meet proper social distancing guidelines, and masks will be required in the classrooms. Um, don't attend if you're feeling sick or have any symptoms of COVID-19. And that COVID-19 uh, symptom thing could be the sniffles. So, <laughs> you know, use your discretion there, folks. Yep. And going right into that, I do need both voter and hunter education. And you got about two minutes. Courses. Should we just wait until no, the next one? No, go ahead. Okay. Or well, if you want to, we could we could go on. Let's, I tell you what, let's take these two, put them aside, and do the rest of the kay. calendar. There's no way I can get through this in okay. two minutes. Do you have anything else, though? I have news, but I don't have any more. What's your news? Where's your news at? Go to your news. I'll figure out what my news is. Okay. Um, another another casualty is the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. Uh, normally, we do that September the 24th, but at the White River Conference Center in uh, Springfield, Missouri, it's been canceled. I know that's not sad for some of you, but it's sad for me. And since it's my show, I can talk about things that make me sad. Um, Jay Yellis. Uh, Brian Kirchell, uh, James Hedden, uh, Ron Linder, and outdoor generous and friend of mine, Steve Bowman, are all, we're all scheduled to go in. We had some phone calls talking about, you know, would we want to do this virtual? And, and everybody, at least my opinion, to the call that I got was that, nah, let's just wait. And then they did. I didn't know they were going to wait, but I just got the email the other day. So that's my, that's my. That's your thing. You're, you're sad. Yes. I've got another thing I can do really fast. Okay. Um, the Bass High School and Junior Series Academy Sports Outdoors and Mossy Oak Fishing. They were originally scheduled for August 8th um, on Lake St. Clair. Yes. They have been moved to South Carolina's own Lake Hartwell on August 30th. Um, due to the guidelines in Michigan, they limited the size of any outdoor gatherings 100 people or less and bass looked at their numbers came to the fact that it's going to be 195 anglers and their boat captain so it was not going to work but that's good for us south carolinians that's right when's it going to be on lake harwell august 30th august 30th one day event seniors and juniors yep which is going to be fun another opportunity for uh, us to get out and mingle with the high schoolers that's it which is a bad thing and sometimes. Aw, it's fun. <laughs> Maybe not for you, for me. It's not fun for me. <laughs> I make friends. I guess. And another casualty, the uh, the FLW has moved their uh, one of their Toyota series from Lake Champlain in Plattsburgh, New York, to Lake Erie in Sandusky, Ohio. Uh, in res- direct response to New York's expanded travel restrictions, you know, Bass is up there right now. Yep, they are. Uh, but they're only fishing U.S. waters and they had to move out, but... They, they all had to take tests, and luckily, all none passed. of them. Yeah, everybody passed. <laughs> so, imagine that. Imagine that. Which tells you something about being outdoors. It does. Hello. All right. Hang on through the break. <laughs> We're going to catch up with Tom Mulliken in South Carolina Seven in the next segment, and we'll be back with the last one after that. Hang on.
was a couple days off. <laughs> Quit shaking your head. It's good stuff. T- Tom, all you want is a couple days off, right? Oh, man, I've had 30 days off. <laughs> living, living the dream in paradise. Living the dream. We are, uh, <laughs> it is time for our weekly update from the Palmetto Trail with the South Carolina Seven from Tom Mulliken. He joined, gracious enough to join us again. Um, Taylor, take it away. Yeah, well, y'all have done a lot since the last time we talked to y'all. Y'all have gone to Watery Passage. You've been to the High Hills Passage hike, um, Lake Marion. Yeah, I mean, y'all have done it all, and you've ended up at, you've gone to, I mean, Francis Marion's grave site and the Lake Moultrie Passes. Like, y'all have done, y'all have had your hands full the last couple of days. It's been absolutely wonderful. Visiting the grave site of one of the greatest Americans ever was um, was really, really meaningful. And, and, to, and to make it even better, the fourth great nephew of the great Francis Marion, Joined us. So oh, wow. Fourth, yeah, his fourth great-grandfather was Francis Marion's brother. He came out, and, and one of the uh, reenactors came, and we had a beautiful uh, playing of taps and showed honors and laid a reef and something I think not only every South Carolina but every American should do. Um, along with George Washington, Francis Marion is considered um, in the in the same way. His role cannot be overstated. So it was a really meaningful experience, and I'm really glad we added it. How did that ceremony go? I mean, y'all, that was that was a once-in-a-lifetime thing that I wish I could have been a part of, but y'all got to do it. So how, tell us a little bit about how that went. Well, it was great. I think you know I uh, retired uh, 18 months ago as uh, command of the South Carolina State Guard, which is the – is his lineage. So I, I sat in, in Francis Marion's seat for uh, nearly six years, and that's something he's a man I've talked about, and I, I have said repeatedly that South Carolina does not get the recognition that it's due by really giving the British the what for out here in the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> Keep what them is, tied up. What is the famous line from the Patriot? He goes, why am I still in Charleston when I should be in North Carolina? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, he, then his he ship blows plane. up and the woman goes, Ooh, fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was on his way to, to retreat and go home by the yes. time he got. Uh, so, it, it, you know, when you look at that, the, not, not only is the trail beautiful, but it is remarkably historic. And you feel it, right? When yep. we were walking, uh, when we were hiking to Pax Landing, that piece and, and really the swamp. And it was hot and humid, but it was a, it was really enjoyable because you, you you could almost feel the action of the Revolutionary War there. And here uh, at the Santee and today along Lake Moultrie, you you when you get out, you you just feel like you're a part of history, and it's it's a big part of South Carolina. This this state and these people are really occupy some of the biggest reasons why we why we were able to win our independence. And so you, and this isn't just coming from a a veteran. This oh, no. is the feeling of students and, yep. and other participants, and it's one of the real valuable lessons that's coming out of South Carolina Seven is just the remarkable history coupled with this ecological wonder that we've been traveling. And that's an, really, uh, I'm sorry, and that's been an important part. The history you got to know the history to to be so in, immersed in it. You feel like you've been there, or you know you got to know the history before you go. You know what we did yesterday, Roger, before? So we hiked in the morning, 
we came back, we set up a, a, a large screen, and we watched that hour-long documentary that ETV did on Francis Marion mm-hmm. yep. to really give people the background. And then we we traveled to his gravesite, and it was, you know, it was really almost an emotional experience because we were people were fresh off of watching this really well done documentary about the life of Francis Marion, his battles, and the, and his impact on winning our independence. So it was it was just an incredibly wonderful day. And today, you know, we're out back out uh, hiking alongside Lake Moultrie. Um, I. People say, how can you do this? I say, how can you not do this? It's been incredible. Really wonderful. Cool. That's amazing. So you had mentioned in a text that we got, there is a documentary being filmed about this whole trip. Actually, two of them. Two of them. Yes. Can you tell us a little about that? Yeah, there is a documentary film crew that's here. Uh, Alex is a a German um, whose his work is impeccable. And I would really see his work uh, being included in documentary. And I, I think you can thank Cans or Sundance. His work yeah. is his last major documentary was on a lady who ran the Tour de France. Oh, so wow. She ran, and he did the whole thing himself. So he's got a team here, and they've been with us on Bull Sluice, on the Chattooga, the Sassafras Mountain, and on around. And when he's when he's not with us, he and his team are out getting getting B-roll for, like, sunsets and sunrises sure, sure. And, and picking up that film. The other crew where I just got done with an interview is a, a former student of mine in the Galapagos where I teach. He's a student in film school in Los Angeles, and he came out, and he's doing a shorter piece but is also covering climate change and some of the some of what South Carolina has been dealing with and uh, – his work is also remarkable. He did a, a really well-done piece in the Galapagos for his class project, so I'm equally excited about seeing what what he's doing along with some friends of his that are also uh, film students. So it's we'll see. And he's he's been able to learn. A lot of this is collaboration and communication, right? Okay. So he's the younger filmmaker has been working with the more established documentarians, and they're they're really learning a lot from each other, so that's been fun, fun to watch as well. I bet. Well, it is July, and you're down there with the snakes and alligators. What kind of uh, <laughs> what kind of wildlife are you seeing these days? Well, we've seen a lot of snakes. We've had a lot of friends come out to greet us. Always happy to see, make new friends. Uh, and we're trying not to step on them, and we're asking them, please don't step on us. Right. <laughs> uh, so we we run into a lot of critters, and you know, from the bears up in the mountain, right, to the snakes, and uh, it, it, there's there's a lot of wildlife, and you you see it. I I would say down here, I think today it was 99 degrees with a heat index. They said it was going to be 107. So lots of vitamin D, lots yeah. of opportunity to lose unwanted pounds, <laughs> <laughs> which is where I need to be. I'm stuck up here. <laughs> I'm trying my darndest to learn. To lose my COVID twenty. There you go. <laughs> I'm afraid to check and see how much I picked up. Uh, <laughs> I just go, me too. Ignorance is bliss when it comes to that one. <laughs> well, look, it, it, it is hot. I mean, you've you've been on the trail for for 22 days now, uh, 23 because you start on first. Um, what? And you got like uh, I don't know about two and a half minutes. 
do you have a routine? Is there something you start doing first thing in the morning, or is there a piece of equipment that is just invaluable while you're on a trail hike? Yeah, you know, my routine may be a little bit different because I think, you know, I was born with bad feet, so stretching my feet in the morning is very much a part of my routine. Stretching uh, my feet and my lower back, you really don't know what the trail is going to look like. A lot of it's been up and down. Okay. And stretching, um, and it, it may sound cliche, but hydration, hydration, hydration. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You can't, you can't get behind. And what you find, we're at about 300 miles now, uh-huh. total miles. Yep. Um, and most of that has been in heat indexes over 100, even up in the mountains where it was very hot and humid. So your body is, is losing a lot of water weight, and we're encouraging people at night drink. Drink until you literally cannot drink anymore. That's right. Water, by the way, water. water. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, not the other. <laughs> and then it's, you know, my routine eating is a little bit different. I don't like to eat a lot. Okay. I, I don't know what I'm going to be faced with, so I'd, I'm a big raisin guy. <laughs> I eat, eat raisins. I drink water. Um, and I and I will confess that I'm, I'm a bit of a, a Coke Zero guy, so if I can have a, have a Coke Zero... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll drink my Coke Zero in the morning, and then I just like hitting the trail. Yeah, um, it's it's just so easy to me once you get out there, just to put the left foot in front of the right foot. It, it's it's been a wonderful experience, and my only regret is that when we hit Charleston, I'm not gonna be able to turn around and go right back up the hill. There, I wish there you I could go. All of it. I, let me say this, yeah, too, if you don't mind me no. It's not only have we met hundreds of people and had just a wonderful time, but we have eaten in some of the best cafes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to write a book on the good <laughs> I'm certain that I've not only not lost weight, I've gained weight. <laughs> so the food is incredible. Today we ate literally right on the banks of Lake Moultrie with that incredible view. Yep. With just some wonderful meat and three kind of place. And I, I just, honestly, I'm more convicted that people really in this state, most folks have no earthly idea what's right out their back door. No. Which is on our show, we always end the show with take the back roads when you can because that's where South Carolina comes alive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's right. <laughs> it's exactly where it comes alive. We've seen a lot of that life. Yep. I bet you have. I bet you have. Well, you got, I think you get a horseback ride and we got about 30 seconds. You got horseback ride tomorrow, I think, and then you're going to end up in Charleston. Hope we'll be there. Tom, as always, thanks for doing this for us. Uh, we'll look to catch up with you next week. Thank you, my friend. Love your show. You Thanks. and Taylor, take care. Thanks, Thank Tom, you. and we'll see you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Folks, keep up with them, SouthCanline7.com, and uh, they'll be ending up here in just a week, Taylor, Thank 500 you. miles. Oof. Hope you won't do it in another month of July next year. <laughs> All right, hang on, folks. More Woods and Water on the other side. Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. Last segment of the day. I'm taking over, guys. (laughs) That's uh, That's scary. That is scary. (laughs) But we're coming back into this segment with something we could not fit in in segment two. Um, Really enjoyed talking to Tom Welk and getting an update from him um, on the SC7. Can't wait to meet up with him in Charleston. That's going to be really fun. I'm excited. Next week. Um, This week. 
Is this Maybe next is, week. Give me this week. week. I'm losing track of my dates. That's bad. Well, it's that you in are less too. than a week. In less, less than, than a week. week. Yes. Okay. Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. So, I'm kind of coming back with more DNR stuff. So, I did mention that I needed my hunter education and boater safety courses. Um, so, for anybody that does need a hunter education course, I will go over it with you today. Um, they did mention in one of the articles I just read in second segment that they are opening all in-person classes on August 1st. Um, so right now it is all online due to government master's um, guidelines. Um, but make sure to keep update, updating their website to see what they put out for their dates. Um, they might have some cancellations. You just never know. All residents and non-residents born after June 30th, 1997, or 1979, um, don't laugh at me, <laughs> must complete a hunter education course before hunting, um, before a hunting license can be obtained. So that would be that would include me. Anybody turned 16 <laughs> this year? Yep, this gotta year, have it. Gotta have it before this this hunting season. Um, SEDNR does accept hunter education certifications by any other state in the United States and Canadian provinces. If you have a certification from another state, it does meet the requirements in, a, in South Carolina. Um, there are two ways to take your course, instructor-led and online self-study courses. The instructor-led um, course is always better, though. Yeah, it is, especially for me. The way I learn, I like having somebody in front of me telling me, um, and I don't through the computer. Um, for more information on what more descriptive of those courses, you can go to the website, DNR website. And I think it is, if you go to the website, it is going to be on the right side. And it's going to be on, the, it's going to be an education tab. And you can click on Hunter Ed. And isn't the boater safety right there with it? Um, um, I, think, I think so. Um, we'll go with that for right now. Um, <laughs> keep rolling. Okay. Once you have completed your exam, um, you won't be able to print out your temporary hunter education certification unless you successfully pass the, the online test. So make sure you click click that button to finish it because otherwise you will not be able to print it out. You will get a temporary certi certificate that's valid for 30 days. Um, you will receive it in the mail um, for your permanent certificate in two to three weeks is their estimate. Um Looks like the first class they're going to have is August 5th, and that's the Web Center in Garnet, South Carolina, um, 8 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. August 8th will be the Clemson DNR office in Clemson. Um, all, that's on August 8th from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, and then you have a Sportsman's Warehouse, one in Columbia, August 8th from 9.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. So, and that's just three out of about uh, yeah, six or there, seven that are taking place more. on the 8th. We just kind of put – we've kind of – Pay some upstate ones. Yeah. There is a Spartanburg Wildlife yeah. Action Center. Yeah. Hartsville, King Street, um, Eastover. I mean, it goes on. Then yep. you flip over 15th, and it, it keeps going in more locations too. Yep. And that's the in person. The, the online's are always there. Always yeah, if you go to if you go to dnr.sc.gov/backslash/education, uh, right hand side of the page, Aquatic Ed, which we talked to Sarah. We did first segment. Uh, there's archaeological education, and you drop down one more. There's hunter ed, and then there's boater ed. Speaking of boater ed, you need that one too. I do. <laughs> you don't have to have that one to drive a boat with I'm in the boat but, with but you. But I need it. But I you still it. need it. I want you to take it just because 
just to learn the rules of the road because there are no there are no white stripes center lines or dotted yellow lines on the lake yep. <laughs> so there is there are some rules for the road in boating that are just totally different from anything else you do and i i tend to dock hug so i kind of need to fix that <laughs> bank hug yes well, dock, bank, whatever you want to call it. And there is something in there about staying a minimum seven know, 50 feet off a dock. And being responsible for your wake is the other thing. Yeah. No we wake see, means no wake, people. Yeah, we see a lot, <laughs> a lot of <laughs> that. <laughs> and anyway, voter education along the same line, just not a requirement. Um, they did cancel them all. I think they're picking those back up August 1st, too. Who needs a voter education course? Voters under 16 years of age are required by law to pass an approved voter education course before operating without supervision, a personal watercraft, jet ski, or a boat powered by 15 horsepower motor or more. Taking a voter education course will allow you to comply with the boating law and may also make you eligible for a discount on your boat or personal watercraft insurance. So, again, there's two options, the instructor-led classes. It's a free six-hour instruction instructor-led class, a one-day format, uh, and there's a test at the end of the day, the past course. The U.S. Coast Guard Auxiliary and the United States Power Squadron also provide classes throughout the state. Many of these classes are offered for a minimal fee. And then there is the online, and, and, and online is not free. It's just $34.95. That's for the hosting, and um, it's a one-time only after you pass the final test. So I guess you have to pay before you get your certificate. Hmm. Um, and they go on at collisions. Three things to remember. Practice good seamanship. is responsible for every boat or PwC operator to take all necessary action to avoid a collision. Keep a proper lookout, which helps you to keep from having a collision. And it maintains safe speeds. You know, we did have a an accident on Lake Kiwi a week or so, a couple weeks ago now. Uh, nighttime. I think it was around 10:30, 11 o'clock at night. Bass boat traveling down the lake hit a pontoon boat. Um, kind of went over the pontoon boat. Uh, they haven't concluded the haven't concluded the investigation yet, but uh, I don't think the pontoon boat had lights on, and I think the occupants were had been drinking. Mm-hmm. So just you got to be really careful. Anyway, uh, there are some. The Clemson office is having one on August the 6th, uh, August the 8th in Charleston, August the 15th in Rock Hill, Seneca on September the 8th, September 19th is the Daniel Island Library, and pretty much towards the, during the year they kind of migrate towards the coast, not so much in the upstate, which leaves you to uh, take the online course, but anyway, just good stuff to have. And for any, if you have any questions on that, Go to the SED and our website, or like Sarah said, if you want to stay updated on their schedule, go to their Facebook page. Yep. Um, was it last week we talked last about last week the Great American Outdoors? Mr. Cooklazier with the yep. Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. And we have some exciting news. July twenty second, it passed through the House of Representatives. The Great American Outdoors Act has passed both houses of Congress and is on its way to President Trump. The historic bill, and apparently President Trump tweeted. In favor of this. Yes. So, fingers crossed it will be signed into law. Um, they call it the biggest thing to happen to public lands in a generation. Um, this includes full funding at $900 million annually for the Land and Water Conservation Fund and $9.5 billion over five years for the restoration of national parks and other federal lands. Um, the Land and Water Conservation Fund has been... Con- 
has has contributed dollars to some 40,000 access and recreation projects in every county in the U.S. in its 56-year history, from wilderness trailheads to city playgrounds. It's important to note that none of the money comes from taxpayer dollars. It's all paid from the royalties of energy companies on the oil and natural gas they extract from public lands and waters. So it's it's coming back to you. Yep. And, and it may say it may sound funny from access to recreation projects from trailheads to playgrounds. This is all about outdoor access. It doesn't matter whether in and, and yes, very little of this probably goes to hunting. Um but it's still a way to get people out there, give them access, which is important. It is very important. I feel like that's something we don't need to take for granted. If you're a hunter or you're a fisherman, it doesn't all just revolve around you. It revolves around just getting people outside on right. even playgrounds, like Ben mentioned. That's it. Uh, real quickly, got about two minutes here. Five takeaways from a public flounder survey. If you took part in the the flounder survey from 2019, then... Um, just wanted to give you a little bit of feedback about what people said. Uh, the gist of it was we wanted to better understand what anglers were seeing in South Carolina waters, how they fish for flounder, what they value about the species, and how they prefer it to be see it managed. 2,000-plus survey persist- participants, 90% have a resident fishing license. 59% have fished in South Carolina fished in South Carolina waters for 20-plus years. So here we go. Number one, the majority of respondents believe South Carolina's founder population is in poor or very poor shape. One of the first questions in the survey was, what is your perception of the current founder population? 63% answered poor or very, very poor. Number two, the majority of respondents said that flounder are fewer and smaller today versus when they started fishing in South Carolina. Uh, let's see. Number three, Respondents overwhelmingly want to see the flounder population rebuilt over a shorter time period. 79% of the respondents indicated they wanted to see flounder return to a sustainable level on a shorter timetable timeline, despite the fact that a shorter rebuilding period means a greater reduction in the number of fish people can harvest. Four, those polls support all any management actions necessary to rebuild the population. And number five, many survey takers express concern about gigging. 1,800 open-ended comments through the, through the survey. Several dominant themes arose where the staff sat down to sort through and categorize these responses. Almost half the open-ended responses, 44%, referenced the need to address the gig fishery in a meaningful way. Where do we go from here? Well, they identified over 100 different paths to recovery, and they will uh, they'll start work on that shortly. So, you know, when, we say it often. Good information in, good regulations out. Yep. Our responsibility is hunters, fishermen, outdoors people. When we're asked to help, we need to help. Otherwise, we don't have room to complain. That's it. Well, I didn't get to the six water hole. And I didn't waterfall get to my dog article. And dog article <laughs> again this week. It's uh, we'll always, uh, <laughs> always trying to cram things in. It's yep. good stuff. But anyway, good show. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here, Taylor. Of course. Looking forward to getting outside and um, 
as always, take time to get out there. Take the back roads when you can. Very good. And don't forget the camera. <laughs> Y'all join us again next week. More Woods and Water, South Carolina. <laughs>